home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. Lead generation. The most important part of starting this company is where are your calls going to come from? So you have to create awareness. I know we've just created our third company and a lot of people didn't know that we were in the interior design world and that that was born from a need from the other two construction companies where we were doing so many projects but we weren't creating the vision interior designers do that we started a company a lot of people still saw us as only construction didn't know we had an entire interior design team now they do so you have to create awareness. The first thing that you should do to create awareness is tell your immediate friends and family. Let them know that you are creating a company and that you could use their help or share the spread the word, share the word, whatever it is. That's the first thing you can do. And one thing that people quite often forget to do is tap right into that local resource, right into your immediate family and your friends. Let them know you're doing this. So lead generation, creating awareness. Does you need to know where those calls are going to come from? Does everyone know what you're doing? If not, you need to start there. Tell everyone you know what you are doing. They need to know. Focus on building a strong presence within your local community. Wherever you live, Everybody in that town, city, or municipality needs to know who you are and what you're doing. Participate in local events, sponsor community initiatives, and donate to local charities or organizations. Community involvement is huge. If people see you out there in the community working for the community with your company name and your presence, then they are more likely to use you because they understand that their money goes right back into the community. They're spending local dollars and local dollars help grow the community. They see you working in the community. So they also understand that spending a dollar with you means contributing directly back to the community and charitable events. But this involvement, it demonstrates your commitment to the community and generates positive word of mouth. Word of mouth is huge. Uh, additionally, consider traditional marketing methods such as distributing flyers. Hey, 
walk around, knock on doors. And you know what? I get it. I'm, I'm not a cold call person. I'm not a let me knock on your door and come into your house type person. So I never personally did those things. However, if you aren't afraid of that, do it. I can't tell you how big that could be. I've had people knock on my door with a flyer and say, here's a service we provide and hit me at the right time. And I'm like, you know what? I need that. So it, it can work if you're not scared to do that. If you are, get a friend or family who isn't to do it for you. Uh, placing advertisements in local newspapers, the radio station, if you can afford it. If not, then don't do it. And utilizing outdoor signage in high traffic areas. That's as simple as getting a local sign company to make signs or you can go on like Vistaprint or one of those types of websites and get a yard sign made. And every house that you work on, make sure that there is a yard sign with your company information on it so they can call you. And now we move into Shop Talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Trim, doors, redoing doors. See, but that's the, man, that's the touchy stuff to me. Yeah. That's the stuff that good painters versus painters where you got to, you know, for me, I take way too long on trim. And especially when you're painting a wall and getting close to the ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. I can do it, but it's very slow, and it ain't just that one one brush stroke, clean line right. straight across. It's yes, <laughs> it's that you to to say that you like to do that stuff. Even cabinets, you know, when you're painting cabinets. So let's we'll dive in a little bit on some of the technique and stuff like that because there's there's a lot of different ways to paint, and a lot of people spray they back roll on the cabinets. Though, how do you prefer to paint cabinets? Honestly, I like to brush the, the case, the boxes. Okay, yeah, brush the boxes. Brush the boxes, and I love to spray the doors. Okay. But sometimes it's not, you can't. Yeah. Know where to do it. So so I've always heard this. I've always heard that you want them things to look like plastic. So how do you get that clean look on a cabinet if you can't spray it? A good paint. Yeah. A good brush, and you want to smooth it out. Smooth yeah. like like butter. So you and how do you not end up with brush strokes? Because it's not easy. You want to go one way. Okay. And start where you're going and just smooth it out. Okay. Like like you're doing mud work. Yeah. You want to go up here and bring it down. Okay. And did you say you roll it as well? Mm. Or no? So you If hang- I roll it, I'll tip it back out. And what does that mean? You roll it on, then take your brush and and smooth it down. Gotcha. Okay. Because this does matter. So this is a little bit of education here. But when it comes to paint and it comes to your brush, right? I know there are a lot of painters. I've seen this in the past that are, they've got their Their brushes. Yeah. Yeah. And they love the, the blue, like the nylon. And then there's the red one. And then there's the, so there's different colors and different types of brushes. So that's the other part to this, um, the educational piece is that not all brushes are the same. No. And not all are used for the same application. Some people think they are, though. 
I got yeah, absolutely. And that, but that's the difference in what makes you a professional and really good is that you understand the tools that you need to be a good painter, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. So we don't have to educate everybody on every single different type of brush, but you know, when you're painting those cabinets, is is it a different type of brush that you're using? It's a soft bristle brush. Okay. So, like you say, you got soft bristle, you got, you know, coarse bristle. Yeah. And, like, the blue ones are, are coarse and hard. I would use that for an exterior. Gotcha. It's like the the bristles yeah. are uh, thicker, yeah. harder, yeah, and they just don't smooth out very well. Gotcha. To where if you use a red bristle, it's more soft, yeah. and the bristles are, are a lot smaller. What about the amount of pressure applied and the amount of paint that goes on the brush do those things matter like when you're and and we'll keep it to painting the cabinets but when you're painting the cabinet do you just dip that whole thing in lather it up so talk to us about that too Uh i'll dip it in i'll smack it on the sides Uh and then and then i'll get it on my door and i'll move it around yeah spread it out spread it out Mm -hmm. but you're going same stroke, same, same direction. Stroke, yeah. Okay. So you don't want to dip that thing halfway in there. No. Now, what about excess? So you say you smack it. Is that to get the excess paint off? Yeah. So you don't want it dripping out. Dripping. Right? Yeah. So like when you pull it out, it shouldn't be dripping right. everywhere. Okay. Because that's where a lot of things happen and, and mistakes too is paint drips, right? It's inevitable as a painter, you're going to get some, but how can you manage those paint drips when you're you know, doing that. Uh, and we'll, we're going to do some, I'll get you to show here in a little bit as you're painting in there. We'll, we'll talk more about the actual tips and technique. I guess the message here is to be professional. You have to know not just how to paint, right? You got to know different techniques. You've got to know the tools. You've got to know the types of paint, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a big difference in an oil-based paint, right? versus lacquer versus i mean there's just so many different types of of paint that you can use it's not always just the knowledge of how to and the technique of painting but there's so many different things that go into it right knowing knowing the types of paint you could be a great painter and then come along and put latex yeah latex oil right and you're you're screwed right and those two bond differently right is that the the reason that you don't want to do that or how does that you know I guess the oil in the latex, it's not letting it adhere to it. Right. So it's kind of like oil and water, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not going to stick. Exactly. It's not going to stick. And and there is an education piece. Now, where did you learn that part? So throughout your career, right, you just sent out, you know, as a, as a young painter, you're sent out paint, right? But where did you start to say, you know what? I, I want to know what type of paint this is. Yeah. I want to know how to pick the right brush or is that just something as you were out painting you just started picking it up or did were you asking questions were you inquisitive of the people you were painting around or did you go watch youtube i mean i definitely do watch videos now that it's around yeah um but i have been you know taught this is what you want to use yeah for this gotcha this so people actually took the time to say 
hey, here's the here's the product you want to use. Yeah. Because there's time. And, and you're saying we're talking um, oil-based versus latex, but there are so many different types of just paint as well. There's like if, if we're talking Sherwin-Williams and stuff, but there's so many different levels. Not there's yet. there's paint with primer. There's there's the cheaper paints. There's the paints that are used in bathrooms and kitchens, like the the emerald and stuff like that, that are mold and milk. I mean, there really are different applications and different uses for paint as well. So you just learn that each time you did a paint job, if the paint can was different, did you notice it? Or was that a, a conversation of topic as you were painting? Was it, well, we have to use a flat paint here and we use an eggshell here. Like, how did you pick up those nuggets? Was it conversation or conversation? Okay. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. For instance, like the cost for utilities, those right. connections are something they typically will pay out of pocket. The cost for a survey, the cost for engineering. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of little things that when people start to look at building a um, a new home, they're like, OK, I've got to get a loan and I've got to get a contractor. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to yeah. it. And so they already if you don't make them aware as the builder of all those pre-construction costs, it starts to strain the budget right mm-hmm. away. So where we work well together is the design and aesthetic part. The more that you can help them, you know, spend less time and money out making those decisions and uh, taken away from that project, the easier it is for them to to say you know, okay, I feel better about hiring a designer and see the need for a designer because it really does. If if you aren't helping them with the selections, they got to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And especially for that, we get clients that have built, you know, four or five houses on their mm-hmm. own for themselves. And so they have a little bit of knowledge of what it takes to get through a build, but if especially for the new newbies to a new custom home, I don't know if they understand just how many selections need to be yeah. made. And some on of them want to make, and some of them want to make their own selections. And so, yeah. I mean, there's been jobs I've done where I'm like, I don't even know why you hired me because yeah. you're doing everything. I mean, sure. I'm just like saying I like it. Correct, but it <laughs> so, but it does provide the reassurance. But it does That's provide, piece, yeah. Right? So they are basically. Paying for that peace of mind, which <laughs> yeah. works too, but yeah, um, absolutely, I feel a little like. Hmm, I don't but then know you can you... also, you know, when you look at it, you're not just saying here, buy this, here, buy this. You're they're showing you things, like you said, they may have a good idea of their their style or what they want, and they, because you're building a, a home, this is this is a dream for most people, mm-hmm. and so they want to get it right. But they have, it's just like. The little girl that planned her wedding when since she was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And they got the big harmonica on Friends where she's she breaks out the mm-hmm. huge book yeah. <laughs> and she already has everything right. in there. Some people are like that. Right. And you're just reassuring them that it's okay to mm-hmm. pick this sink, to pick this color, to right. pick um but that soup it's and that important. Works, that works both ways too, ironically, because they're if there's something that I'm completely set on, I won't give them a choice. Sure. Like if I really want them, like this will be, 
and, and that's fine. But if there is a, a selection that I may, like I said in one other episode, like I, I don't give them more than three, um, ideally only two. Yeah. So any way to minimize that option. Um, but yeah, if it comes down to that, then they become the tiebreaker, sure. which is great because yeah. I could look at that and say, well, both of them would work fine and I'm completely truthful, but they still may have a preference. So it does work. It works both ways. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, and and that's one of the, the big benefits I know for, from the contractor's perspective, we've talked about this before, but we're, we're good at doing the work, but not so good at the vision mm-hmm. piece. And, and that's where a lot of this came from. You working hand in hand with the contractor. Sometimes it can be, it can be a struggle because the contractor has the need to get work done and the project may be held up or, you know, just that interior design, the, the image, the vision that you show them may not be able to happen construction wise. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to move a wall mm-hmm. or, and we've talked about that before. So you have to be involved, very involved and be on site. Mm-hmm. And I know you like to be on mm-hmm. site. You like to go when they actually install some of these things right. to make sure and double check that what you drew or what you intended to happen happens. Right. So you are the eyes and ears for the client as well. Right. And okay. the communicator uh, between for the project manager as well. Right. In case the client, a lot of our clients and live don't live here. Right. Sure. So they depend a lot, a lot on that communication that their wants and needs are being communicated to the contractor. Right. And, and for us, some of that stuff, you know, it can get over their head. If we're asking them to make decisions on certain selections, mm-hmm. especially like say, for instance, plumbing or something like that. And we're like, well, you've got to pick this, this trim kit and you've got to, and they're like, what is that? Where do mm-hmm. I go to look for this stuff? And that's something that again, just hitting home how beneficial it is to have an interior designer fill that void. Right. You're like, oh, this is what it is, and and I can go to Ferguson. I can go wherever mm-hmm. and pick that out. No problem. Yeah. Don't even worry about yeah. it. You know, right. and like you said, they're away. So some of the stuff they truly, truly are passionate about, and they think, oh, I want to pick that, mm-hmm. and they get excited for right. it. But a lot of the stuff. They don't, you know, and that's where you can kind of just run with it because you understand what they need, their aesthetic, their style, and they trust you. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.com thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.